Welcome back to the Compound Podcast. This is episode 187, presented by Parse Rum. Dakota, are you drinking Parse right now? Uh, yeah, that was Parse. Parse, your favorite rum? It sure is. Nothing it's better. Plant a rum. tree every time I drink it. Every time you get a bottle of Parse, you're planting a tree in Colombia, and you're making the world a better place. And that's we the know, most important thing. Do we know for sure if it's in Colombia, or is that a guess out of you? That's I'm. You know what? We should fact check, and we will. I was but like, right, I don't know if that's right where now, it is, but, but for maybe. right now, I want you guys all to know that Parse rum is made in Colombia. Yep, it's the best rum in the world. There's eight year, there's twelve year, there's three year. If you want to mix it in, a little pina colada, little little in your eggnog, whatever you want to do. Dakota, there you go, brother. Oh, Parse you know it, rum, Binnies. Go to your local liquor store. Ask about it. We have a special guest today, but. Before we get to our special guest, a teammate of Zach's, former teammate of Zach's, is we have to talk about 700 millions. When when that came out, I think I was more fixated on the fact that he's going to the Dodgers. I mean, that line, the first three guys, no matter how you put them, Mookie, Freddie, Otani is just like, where where would he get better? Who would you insert to get better in those top three? What What's crazy is... There's a lot of things about it that are crazy. But what's crazy is you're talking about Mookie probably leads off. And then you're talking, do you have Freddie hit two to get on base in front of Otani? Or do you have Otani hit two? Who's protecting who? And then Will Smith's right behind him. And Max Muncy's right behind him. We're not even thinking about those other two guys. Oh, I mean, then you have then you have the rookie who hit what, 260, 270 this year, and James Outman? James Outman. Jay Hay's coming off like a Jay 115, Hay, you know, 120 OPS plus year. If you're Dave Roberts, do you just like pick a lineup out of the hat and be like, yeah, that's probably going to work. Gavin Lux is coming back. Gavin Lux is coming back and going to play shortstop. You know, it's but, and Mookie's playing second. But it's then like, you think about $700 million. Too. Seven, I've been huh? torn. I've been thinking all day about my take on this. Wait, can I just say one thing before we get into it? Yes. I just want, so there's been a lot of, I've been seeing everybody's doing an emergency pod about this. You know, we didn't do an emergency pod. We're talking about it on our normal day. Yeah. Normal time. Right, Tom? Tell him. But besides that, the number is very big. The number is 700 million and people are going, holy smokes, that's a big number. But for everyone out there, the way that it's working is he's deferring a large sum of his contract. Tom has... Something like he's getting two million a year, sixty-eight deferred. That's not confirmed. It's from Jeff Passan. I mean, Zach's okay. boy. You think well, he'd lie? I don't know the exact structure. No I don't think we know the exact structure. But the present value of the contract is going to be somewhere in the realm of five hundred to five hundred and fifty million dollars. Present value. The way that they calculate this for the luxury tax purposes, for the collective balance tax, is that they. Competitive balance tax is that they take the present value of the contract. So the fact that he's deferring all this money ten, between 10 and 20 years in the future, they do a present value calculation to get the present value on day one of the contract. And then it is, that's how they calculate uh, competitive balance. Just putting that out there. That's a lot of words. I don't know if it made sense to the listener. A lot but of fancy words. Go ahead, Dakota. Um, do you think I'm torn because I see both sides? I saw someone say, like, oh, if it was your team, like, you wouldn't be saying this. First of all, I don't really have a team in the MLB, so I don't really, like, I'm not one of those people where it's like, oh, like, you're just pissed your team didn't sign. I'm like, I root for the Cubs. Matt's guy now. Come on, Ex-Tigers fan. Um. But I just feel like 700, like when I saw that number and I wanted the Cubs to sign him, I really did. I was like, I, I get why other teams didn't sign him. Like I they felt said, like that was crazy. They said the crazy. Blue Jays had an offer right there with them. That's insane to me. I not saw, that he's not worth it. No, just, right. That's so much. I saw something that was probably exactly what happened was – he knew he wanted to go there the whole time. He was leaking stuff out that he's flying to Toronto, you know, like 
just driving the price up, just sitting back there laughing about it. And they ultimately got to $700 million. I mean, but like if you're they're his agent, right? And again, it's at the end of the day, it's true because he's a top pitcher and a top hitter in the league. But it's like you go to negotiations and you're like, I want $700 million. Like, how do you not like laugh if like on accident be like, wait, what? And then like, if you're doing the calculations, you're like, yeah, dude, you deserve it, bro. The reason why I was trying to explain the present value thing is because it's essentially like a team offering him 550 or $575 million over 10. If it was all paid out in the first 10 years, go ahead. Yeah, the number seems to be 460 million. That's the number I keep seeing on Twitter here that the basically a 10 for 460, which is how they're getting to the 46 million dollar a year CBT. Uh so basically but I mean they're still paying him 700 million dollars, but he's going to say getting... so wait yeah yeah wait wait wait. So it gets, yeah, it gets a little confusing. It's hey, a little confusing. We'll, we'll tell we'll tell them you signed for 700. It's a secret between us, bro. <laughs> it's 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 a little yeah, it's a little confusing because it would be like if he was getting paid. And I think I don't know if it's like that for all long contracts. Like I don't know if Harper is a what do you get? 330 over 12. I don't know if he is if that's like if you got 10 for 300, I don't know if your exact cap hit is 30 million dollars or if it's slightly less, but like it's essentially like he got a $500 million deal. It's just, it's a huge number because they had to defer so much. They actually deferred a lot with Mookie too, so that they could keep the uh, CBT number down so that they could get other good players. And you're like, why wouldn't every team just do this? There's a couple reasons why. The big one is because guys don't make this much money. And, you know, there's not that many eight plus 10 plus year deals out there. I know it feels like there's a lot because we get a big free agent every year who does it, but there's only, there's like one a year, right. Or two a year. The other part of it is it's actually not great for the player. Like you want to get as much of your money as early as possible as possible, as early as possible. Do you also feel like the Bobby Bonilla contract, which for people that may not know that he's been deferred thing, a million dollars every July 1st by the Mets for the last like 25 years. And that's sort of become like a meme basically with the, on the Mets and the yes. Met makes the Mets look bad. Do you think that's played into it at all? Mets, well? Mets could never look bad. The Fighting Zach Shorts could never look bad. Thank you. Well, but, but do yes, you think, yes. Sorry. Do you think that that is also played into it? The fact that teams are afraid of like, hey, we don't want to be like the Mets and be paying, you know, insert whoever twenty five million dollars a year over the next twenty five years. I think there. I think there's some rules now on how far you can defer out. I don't know how. F- I don't know how far you can defer if you can defer for like 20, 25 years anymore. I, but most guys, most big contracts have some deferred and usually it's over the course of like four or five years. And it's like, let's say the contract's 180 million. There's 20 of it deferred like over the four years when the contract's over. But is, this is just like an absurd amount of deferral. I mean, when the Dodgers get to when they have to pay Mookie and Shohei and they're no longer on the team, that's going to be a tough day for that owner. Well, the nice part is it doesn't count towards your like they're they're willing to pay it. It just doesn't count towards the collective or yeah. competitive balance. That's all. I'm saying like they're not paying that big chunk until they're both gone, and then like they're gonna owe like eighty million dollars. But it's it's essentially an interest free loan from the player because there's no interest on it. Yeah, and there's no interest on it, and those guys get to reinvest that money and make their money off it. And it's an, it's not a bad business decision from the team. And they're they're going to recoup a significant amount of that on uh, on ads and endorsement sponsorship For ticket sure. sales. I that. saw the first opening day this year. The walk-in price is like three hundred and fifty bucks already. Crazy. Just to have the worst seat at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, it's just so much money. Should I, we talk about? Uh, oh, do you have something no? else? I, I just can't believe it's the Dodgers. I I was oh that is a good point. I was gonna say, I'm kind of I feel like obviously if you're a Dodgers fan you're not bummed. Like I just wish it was someone else. I feel like it just would have been cooler. Like anywhere else would have been cooler. Like Blue Jays, sure. I think that'd be sick. That would have like, been. Dope. I wanted the Cubs to get him. Like uh, who else was really talking to him? I feel like that was kind of the top three, wasn't it? Yeah. Before like, we get into the, the interview, no way could pay him Soto and Judge. Before we get into the interview, 
Uh, August, do you want to talk about Soto really quick? That's what I was going to bring up. I was going to bring up okay. the Soto trade because that happened after last week. Yeah, Soto gets traded to the Yanks. They send prospects in return. That lineup's looking really good. They get Verdugo. They get Soto. Who's the Who's the Soto trade brought to you by? The Soto trade is brought to you by AG1. It's AG1. I love athletic greens. If you're a longtime listener, you might know that Dakota's been drinking AG1 for years. Every day. Every day in the morning. Does it make you feel great every single day? Gives me energy for the day. Makes you feel strong, mobile, agile. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. I need immune support. That's why I love drinking AG1. If you want to take ownership of your health, charge with AG1, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2, special vitamin D3K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Great to take on the road if you're traveling over the holidays. Drink AG1 dot com slash compound drink a g one dot com slash compound what a good holiday gift that would be well a g one verdugo and soto so soto gets traded for some prospects their lineup and then they get verdugo in a trade at the same time their lineup is now looking very good tom but how are you feeling about your new lefty i was gonna say i think tom is gonna find a way to complain about him so yeah tom i'm mad No, I'm good. I don't want to say anything now. No, no, I don't want to say anything. <laughs> Next segment. I, come on, this Tom. Cashman did what he was supposed to do. Before they even got Cashman. We defend the wall with Brian Cashman because he does this. Before they even got Soto, I thought the Verdugo move for them was awesome. Like, he has a yeah. high average. It doesn't hit a bunch of homers, but it's going to go up a little bit with right field there. And he gets hits, bro. He just hits. And that lineup desperately needed somebody like that. And and then I thought when they got him, I was like, that's weird. They might just flip him to see if, you know, San Diego wants him. And then, like, right after he went there, they were like, no, 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 he's staying. This We're getting Soto as well. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I guess Verdugo, Verdugo plays in that ballpark. Maybe Verdugo plays left and Soto plays right. Do you want Judge in center field? Tom, do you want Judge in center field? I, I don't. I mean, I'm worried about the miles on his legs. I think keeping him in right field limits those miles a little bit. So I I saw there's been some discussion about him playing center field. They got Trent Grisham too. You're kind of hoping that out of that out of the guys that they have, they you put Grisham in center maybe, and you put Soto you also, and, and Judge and right. You can put Grisham in there in the seventh, eighth, and ninth. You don't sure. have to take a spot up. Like I think with that lineup. You can make do with I don't I maybe saw something that Verdugo's that doesn't grade out as the best outfielder, but you can put him in center field. You have Judge and Wright who covers a lot of ground, like you said. And I mean, and Wright, you don't need to move that around all that much. Um, and then you know have the occasional yeah play him in center. But I I don't think you need to to die on that hill that Verdugo can't play center field. Yeah, um, you, wonder, the, you wonder how much they did Soto too. That's right. what I was going to say. Are the Tom or no? Are the Fighting Toms? Are the Yankees going to be? Paying the most expensive contract to John Carlos Stanton to play 75 games next year. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a big question is what are they going to do with Stanton? There's also the Jason Dominguez question. Cause he's got coming, coming off Tommy John. He's a potential option in the center, but when will he be ready? It's crowded in the Yankees outfield right now. So they also added Oscar Gonzalez of SpongeBob fame. So it's a good you know, problem to have. Yeah. That lineup, though, I mean, you're you're probably leading off Lemayhu, or maybe Verdugo. Maybe I say maybe it's probably. I saw something Verdugo in seven hole. It could be, could be if you if you lead off DJ and you hit Soto two, Judge three, Riz four, Glaber five, (laughs) Stanton six, Verdugo catcher Volpe. It's like pretty good. Pretty good. That's Tom's getting excited again. Tom was, on a, Tom was on a rant about Cashman. Now he's getting a little excited That's again. what I saw tweets, and I loved it. They said, like, people started calling out the Yankees, saying they're not the old evil empire they used to be. They didn't make the moves they once made. And Brian Cashman laughed in your face and said, you think I wouldn't get the deal done? Here it is. And and you can talk yourself into got Garrett Cole coming off of Cy Young. 
Are the Yankees Rodon, in on Snell? Rodon, you paid him a lot of money. He's there. Frankie Montas. I saw that three. they're still there. I saw that they're going to, they might get into a bidding war with the Mets on Yamamoto. Maybe they, they get Yamamoto before you no, know. No, he's it, going to the going, Cubs. He's going to the Cubs. I don't know. They met with Cubs. Yamamoto today. Also, one thing that's cool about Soto, I, Ronnie from our office pointed this out, probably the biggest Dominican star to ever play for the Yankees. And it's cool for a team that has so many Dominican fans and has watched the Red Sox have so many Dominican greats. Pretty much every great Red Sox over the last 15 years has been a great Dominican. Cool for the Yankees to finally have one of their own in, in Soto. Last last thing, we got to get to the interview. Does it worry you? Craig, I'm, no, I'm 99% sure I'm right. Does it worry you that he won't sign an extension and all that was for one year? I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I, yes. I, I think the price is at a point where they gave up. If they, if they lose him after a year, I, I, I'm okay with it for what they gave up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously it's a concern anytime you, you get a guy for a year who's as good as Soto and you put as many resources as, into it as the Yankees have that he could walk in a year. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're hoping that he likes playing with Judge in, in New York with all those Dominican fans who are going to be absolutely wild for him. I think it's going to be really cool when he plays his first game at the stadium. I think I think their fans are really going to get behind him. And he's he's got some swag. He's a guy that's – Oh, yeah. The Yankees needed a guy that I feel like that had like so, like that kind of energy because Judge is the leader, and but Judge is not necessarily the but guy that's quiet. There. Oh, so you, yeah. you hate Judge. You don't think he can lead? No, but I know what you mean. God, Judge, I Judge can't is believe like, you just said that. Judge is like Jeter. In that I mean, his walk-up like says he's the king like, in New York, and you're going to question that, Tom? But they're calm. They're quiet leaders. They're not flashy. No, I yeah, no, that's gonna be. I mean, fuck, it's electric like that. That's sick. Like I'm pumped. It's an insane lineup. And people forget they got Scott Efros coming back next year. You know, <laughs> might be people the biggest forget. pickup. Might be the people biggest forget. pickup in their whole off season. Yep, bullpen needs it. Oh, here it is. There uh, it is, Tom. You know what? He had to get it in. He had to get it in somewhere, Tom. What do you mean? I'm I'm backing up. I'm gassing up our friend Scotty Efron. That's true. Open who's, who's their closer? Who was it? Clay Holmes. Yeah. Uh, you know what I think? Efron. You know what I think the yes. Yankees could use? E-R-C. Bruce Bolt. A bunch of pairs of Bruce Bolt. Yeah. Just ship them out. Put them in Yankees colors, bunch of pairs of Bruce Bolts. You had Harrison Bader run around Bruce Bolts last year. Get the whole team some Bruce Bolts, all right? Bruce Bolt, the batting gloves that Stack Short uses. Yep. Batting gloves that I use. My, my favorite gloves, the gloves. There you are. Oh, look at the right ooh, look at the chrome. Look at my the bad. chrome. Damn. Zach's been working hard. He's got his batting gloves two feet I'm away about, from him. He I'm might about take to go. Some shadow swings Just in the living room later. He has his batting gloves. It is Bruce Bolts. BruceBolt.us. Perfect for holiday gifts. Go get a couple pairs of Bruce Bolts. Give them to your family, your friends. Use them as oven mitts. BruceBolt.us. We are now going to hit our wonderful interview with our boy Scoobs. Zach, you want to do any intro before the interview? You want to tell people about Scoobs? You want to tell people why you wanted to have them on? I, I truly think outside of Detroit, I think he got a little bit of recognition this year. Um, I mean, this guy, Scoobs is going to be one of the game's best left-handed pitchers. I, I will be on the record saying that he's got the mind for it. He's got the arsenal for it. Um, and, I, again, injuries have battled him a little bit. Yes, Dakota. When I searched his name earlier to find out some info on him, the first little drop-down thing said, is Scooble a good pitcher? <laughs> And I opened it, and it said that he was a dark horse for AL Cy Young next year. Yes, dude. I'm oh. telling you. Like, but so it was just he, funny. It said, is he a good pitcher? I'm like, well, who's who's determining this? I know. Um, yeah, dude. Like, you know, watching him over the last few years has been pretty cool. Um, like, you know, you'll hear in the interview, he says some pretty cool things about growing up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, excited for him, excited for that staff moving forward in this year. Um, but here's Scoops. Awesome interview. So we have a special guest. Uh, former teammate of mine, Tarek Tariq. Oh my god, you don't even know how to say his first name. No, no, no. Uh, we oh, all, hey, hey, I thought hey. you were serious. I was like, Who's no. your teammate? Oh, I, I was gonna say, I'm sure he gets it everywhere, but also, also known as Scoobs, Tarek Scooble. Uh, it's a, it's a pleasure having you on. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. This should be fun. 
Zach's been clamoring to get you on for a while now. I have. I have been. I have been. Well, he told me about this like last year, and I was like, you know, one of those things where you hit up your buddy and you're like, yo, bro, we should totally golf. But like, you never actually want to golf with him. I thought that was the thing. Like, dude, get on the podcast. But like, I really don't want you on the podcast. So I, I finally made it, I guess. Dude, it's it's so hard, especially during the season, to get guys like because our schedule changes so much. Like, we'll do we'll say like, hey, let's do it Monday, and we're like, fuck, I can't do it tonight. So like, if we had a set date, it would have been tough. Like, I didn't think there was a chance that we were going to get you this close. Um, Scoobs is now a a dad for what? Oh, yeah. Was yeah, father. Um, when when was he born? Two months ago. Yeah. So. Two months. Good ago. timing. Well, almost like seven and change. Yeah, this is this was right now then. Yeah, this was definitely planned. And my wife's been great. She's the best. Zach knows like she yeah. does everything for me. So I don't really do much, you know, but hold them when I can and change diapers. That's kind of my job. This is a random question, and I wasn't even gonna ask this question, but I saw it. I looked you up on Wikipedia. Um yeah. I saw that you have three brothers and all of your names start with T. Does your son's name yeah. also start with T? No, I ended that. I ended that ah. quick. Payson. So okay. It starts with a K. Yeah. I ended that. Was there like a rhyme or reason to that? Or is that just something your parents are like, I don't know. We like the T's. Yeah. I don't really know why. Cause it, I mean, they call us each other's name always. And it's like, I learned, okay, I'm not going to name my next kid even close to Kaysen because <laughs> you start calling them all. It's like, I mean, I was tired for like six years, I think. And that's my older brother. And he was me and my younger brother was me. And like, basically when everyone got in trouble, it was like Eric was the name, you know, if any of my brothers messed <laughs> up, it was Eric. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, don't, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. It, I, it makes it too hard for yourself. I can guarantee you one thing. I don't know your brothers, but there's no way your brothers have – the legs and the skin type pants like you do when you when the, if they pitched there's no way hey, my older brother's bigger than me believe it or no not. chance dakota i don't know if you've seen him in person but scoops is some of the biggest tree trunk legs i've ever seen in my life bro. spencer strider-esque yes but like yes dude I'm, wow. i would say more and Happy rocks, so, the, I'm, rocks the skin tights yeah that's what i'm saying like if I spend all off season working them out, I got to show them off, you know, for the seven <laughs> months that I work. It's like, that's true. I don't, I don't get the baggy pant like look. I, I just don't think that it's me. It makes me feel like I'm 350 pounds, you know. So I got to, I got to at least feel 250 when I'm out. I, do you feel like constricted when you're? I mean, you have a high leg kick. Like, does it not? Like, if it's a hot day, you know, you're in Kansas City in July, in August. You're, you know. You're trying to blow doors and your pants getting stuck to your leg. You just got nothing. What, like, what, what do you think the heat's going to change? Like, it's actually in a dryer. I don't know, dude. I thought you just sweat, sweat a lot. Gets stuck I feel like the technology yeah, now, though, in pants, of, like, it, they're probably kind of pretty good stretch. Out, you know? And I change my yeah. jersey like every two innings. So, just yeah. putting baby powder all the way down the leg. <laughs> Those things are moving yeah. great. Yeah. I make sure I'm powdered at all times. So, Scoobs, this year you got a kind of late talk, late start to the year. Um, you had some elbow issues last year, got it cleaned up. What was, you know, the biggest hurdle, I guess, you had to, to overcome this year when, you know, you were joining us in June or July, whatever it was, and you know you could only go, was it like three innings max to start, like, Obviously, there's a balance of like, man, I'm really excited to get back out there. But how hard was it to not feel, you know, unleashed when, you know, your shit was working as soon as you stepped onto the mound? Like, how hard was it to, you know, give AJ a handshake when he wants to take you out of the game when you're at 20 pitches through three innings? Yeah, I mean, there were some tough days for sure where like, you know, one that comes to mind is against San Francisco, you're through five and I'm at like 60 pitches. It's like, I understand I'm on this pitch limit, but like I got two more pretty, you know, pretty easily. I have seven, eight, nine coming up and then one, two, three, I can grind through that one in the, you know, in the seventh or whatever. Um, I think the hardest part was like watching everybody play and you not be able to play. I think that's the toughest part about injuries just in general is like you watch your, your team go out and play and like, you know, I'm not, I'm not performing, but I feel like I'm a part of like what's going on on the field. And like when we lose or, you know, you kind of scuffle, lose three or four straight. It's like, I can't do anything besides yeah. like maybe hop in the shower full uni, you know, and maybe that'll kind of get us into the next day. But there's not, 
I think that's the hardest part is like you want to come back and you want to play and you feel great while you're rehabbing and but it's just a waiting game you know so yeah I'd say that's the hardest part it's probably tough too with like you guys were a younger team so you're probably pretty close with a lot of guys on the team so like you're seeing a lot of like your best friends go out there and compete and you're like man I really want to go out there and help these guys yeah yeah in any capacity right so it's like Earlier in the season, I was like, all right, I'm just going to try and be as vocal as I can. And just like, whether that be messing around with guys in the dugout or, you know, clap, whatever, you're, you know, you kind of become a glorified cheerleader in that sense. So <laughs> it's like, that's my role right now, you know, and then when I start playing, my role is to go out there and perform on the mound. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird, you know, injuries are weird, especially like a surgery where you're out for, you know, 11 months was the earliest they were going to let me back. So it's like, you can't do the Aaron Rodgers and like, oh, I'm back in. <laughs> 12 weeks you know it's like now nah, it's 11 months right and then but hey, what though scoobs scoobs can chop his face off in the dugout though when he's in there yeah. i'd like to think i'm an above average chop guy in the dugout you know i'd like to think i'm above average that's how zach rates his teammates too that's it's, it bro. It's how good yeah, can you yeah. chop he's like i don't yeah. care what you do on the field but can i chop it up with you at? yeah he chops <laughs> yeah hey you, big you bust your ass on the field and chop i'm good with you <laughs> Big having starting pitchers that are willing to hang out in the dugout, chop it up with the boys, not on the massage table all day. No, like Scoob, the- Scoob's will be, hey, don't worry. Scoobs will be there. Scoobs will find himself <laughs> on the massage table in the third inning. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> what was the biggest thing you learned through the rehab process? Was there something coming back where it was like, all right, this is how I need to take care of my body in between starts, or this is like, you go through that, and then on the other side of it, it's like you're so hyper aware of taking care of the things to make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, so when I when I had Tommy John in 16, I was like, why did this happen, you know? And I was like, all right, I need to get a routine. I need to just kind of stick to this routine. And, you know, my days in between starts in college, I made sure to kind of do the same things. I cleaned up my diet, you know, nutrition-wise, tried to stay away from things. Um, but this last injury was, like, pretty surprising to me because I felt great going up into it, you know? Like, I felt awesome. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm throwing the ball really well, the best I have in the big leagues. I feel good. And then just like one pitch kind of slipped a little bit and my arm didn't like it. And that's ended up having to be, you know, the flexor surgery. So I was like, well, why did this the freak things are going to happen, but like, why did this one happen? You know? So I kind of dove back into it and a little bit mechanic, but then also like my routine, I, I really kind of hammered out my routine again of like what days I should be doing certain things and, and also doing less than, which is weird, like doing less than I ever have in season, you know, just doing that like minimal effective dosage of what I need because then my product on the field, I was way more fresh from my start relative to, you know, 22 or even 21. There'd be some days where I'd go out there in 22 or 21 where I'm like, I'm tired and, and I haven't even thrown my first pitch yet, you know, so I just brought my attention to wanting to feel really good on the fifth day. And I'm not saying I don't sit around, I, I sit around and do nothing, but just kind of monitored my load you know, the sets the reps all that different stuff in the weight room and in the training room to feel good that fifth day I think that's what I kind of took away from it because you know I only made 15 starts this year and you know in a regular season you're making 30 you know if you pitch all year so but I felt really good every fifth day and I and I have not felt like that you know in the last you know three-ish years just throwing every fifth day is kind of a grind but this season I actually felt really good every fifth and you know I think that you know the performance kind of showed that as well was it I don't want to say easier, but did it give you more of a game plan going into this recovery after already going through TJ and knowing like what you're kind of in for, like the road ahead and like what you wanted to do to be your best self when you did come back? Yeah. I, I mean, first off, injuries happen. So, you know, you learn that from Tommy John is like the injury, you know, not no one very rarely do you stay healthy your entire career. There's not very many guys like that. Um, so the first surgery kind of taught me that. And then, you know, it also taught me just like, take it day by day, every single day, take it day by day. Um, don't try to look two weeks out in front because that's only going to set you back another month. If you try to do something you're supposed to do for two weeks from now, rather than just kind of take it slow and take it day by day. Uh, so, you know, as far as the rehab process, it's not easy. You know, it's grueling. It's hard. It's not what you want to do. You just want to go play and you're not allowed to play. Um, but just being able to take it day by day and, and, and understanding that that's going to make you better, I think is, was huge from the first surgery to the second. And hopefully there's no more surgeries, you know? So, yeah. 
I think one of those things that you learn in the big leagues and it takes time is like doing less, working smarter throughout the season because it's such a long season uh, and and being out there and feeling your best every single day to perform is like the most important thing. And we all in our professional careers like got there because we worked really hard. Like as a kid, you just you have an endless motor and you just work as hard as you can and everything you, you just lift, you do everything you hit. And then you get to professional baseball and you do the same thing. You're like, I'm just going to work super hard all the time. And it's the right thing to do. But then you get to the big leagues and you're playing every day and you're like, shit, I got to figure out how to do this in the most intelligent way to feel good when I need to feel good. And I think that's like the biggest thing that guys learn to get three, four, five years into your career. And you're like, all right, I can, this is what I need to do to get ready and feel really good every single day. And working yeah. smarter is like the biggest thing you learn that you know, years in, but like, it's so important. Exactly. I mean, it's because you all, you want to just prepare, 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 prepare to get ready. But like you have an off season. That's why I think off seasons are so important. Like you have four months of not doing anything. You might as well build that body armor as strong and be as strong as you can get to where you can survive the next six to seven months and then get ready to do it all again. So, but I think I just, in years past, I never turned off that off season mode to where it's like, Hey, I'm in season. I'm not trying to gain anything right now. I'm trying to maintain. And I think that's something I did a pretty good job of. But that also stems from, you know, our training staff and our, and, you know, our strength coaches, they were big onto that too. It's like, Hey, let's have our high days be high and let's have our low days be low. And let's, you know, kind of navigate every fifth day and, you know, see how you feel now and see how you feel then, you know? So I was able to, you know, you, you can kind of get it in spring training, but all my rehab starts, I was able to kind of tinker with things and like, okay, I'm going to do the day before I start, you know, or I'm going to do this two days. I'm going to lift after I pitch, you know, versus the next day. Um, so you can just kind of, and I was able to do those things, you know, and it, and it, and it worked and, it, and I felt good. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep doing that. But I think you're so right, especially as a position guy, you know, you're playing, you're playing every day with, you know, what, five, six off days, you're playing 150 plus games a year. It's like, strap it in. I don't know how they do it. You know, I get four days off to prepare for my fifth, um, but strap it in, you know. That's what I was going to say. Starting pitching is nice in a sense that, you have like those four days off. So it's a little trial and error. Like, okay. Like you said, like lifting the next day versus the night of my start. Like, how does that make my body feel the next time around? And I feel like just finding that good routine is probably like the biggest part for you and like staying healthy and having success. Yeah. I mean, if you can feel good every fifth day, like at least you can live with, it's like, Hey, I did everything I could. Even if you get your shit kicked in, it's like, I did everything I could to, Go out there and perform whether it be a seven you know you give up seven in the fourth or you know by the royals shorty likes to remind me of that one every, every <laughs> that went through day. my mind I, w- I wasn't bringing that one up <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know it's it's just part of the game too but yeah that preparation is kind of what breeds confidence in my eyes too is like if, if you're prepared and ready to go there's no reason to not be confident when you're out there it's good so i mean getting off the you know negative and injury stuff you know, we talked, so I, I met you in spring of 21, um, you know, you broke with the team and I remember like we talked in 21, you were like, yeah, like I thought I was going to get sent down. I, I remember the start you had in Oakland and you were just kind of like on the fence, you know, you could kind of tell and what, yeah. like, you know, since then, and then the next year you had an injury, um, but like, obviously stuff has clicked. Something has clicked. You're punching the world. You know, you had that fuck you attitude. Um is this just like a culmination of everything, like your off-season work, your your mental work, um, you know, knowing what your arsenal does and when to throw it? But like, what would you say, you know, the biggest, you know, what, what would you say the biggest change if you've made one was to now where you're finding all the success and, you know, going out there and posting when you can? Yeah, I think if I had to narrow it down, first off, all those things help, right? Like all those things you just listed off all help, right? In terms of, but I think it's just like knowing you belong and you don't know you belong until you start doing things a little bit consistently and start kind of getting the results you want, but you can't be result driven either in this game. Cause that can drive you into a bad, you know, a bad spot, especially, you know, like as a pitcher, it's a little bit easier to be result driven because like, it's like, Hey, if I execute my pitch nine times out of 10, it's probably not going to be hit. Um, whereas like you guys can put a really good swing on something and hit it really hard, but seven times out of 10, you're hitting it at somebody and it's an out. So it's like, you know, as a pitcher, you can be a little bit more, you can dive more into it, but I think it's just like knowing you belong. Like you got to be confident in yourself before, 
I, I mean, as a hitter, you can feel it, right? You can feel when yeah. a guy is confident on the person and he's coming right at you and it's strike one, strike two. There's no nibble. It's like, hey, here's my stuff in the zone, hit it. And I, and I think that I just kind of had to take some time to buy into thinking that I was good enough to play in the big leagues. Like you, you dream it your whole life, right? You're like, oh, I want to play in the big leagues. I want to play in the big leagues. And you get there and you're like, I don't know if I should be playing in the big leagues. Like yeah. that's kind of just how you, you know, unless you just have that confidence and, you, and you're born with it. But I, I personally didn't. Um, and I, I think it's just knowing you belong and, and being confident in your stuff and going right at guys that, you know, I think that my stuff's good enough to play in the zone against anybody in the league. I, I, you know, I truly believe that. And I think that is when I'm at my best too. Even, even if it's not good enough, you know, even if this guy is, you know, career 16 for 30 off me with, you know, 10 homers short, you know, so I'm talking about. So it's like, but I'm still going to go at that guy first pitch. You know, I'm still going to go after him like he's over 30, you know? So it's like, um, I, I think that's the biggest thing is just your mentality. It's like, you gotta, you gotta think you belong and be confident in the box. Cause I can feel when a hitter's hot too. You know, I, I can feel it when they're in the box. You know, sometimes guys don't even get out of the box. It's like, oh, you must be seeing it well. If he doesn't even needs to strap his his gloves up one more time or grab the pine tar, he must be feeling good. So, um, yeah, I think just knowing you belong, I think is is the biggest thing. And that, that I mean, hundred percent, we can tell. You know, either in the dugout or playing behind you, you can tell in the first inning if, especially with you, if you're like, all right. Like, I got it today. You can tell in the first inning if you're just, you know, throwing shit, you know, not down the middle, but in the zone, like you said, with conviction. <clears throat> and then, yeah. you know, as the game goes on, you can kind of just tell, you know, you're doing your head shake, you know, the head, the, yeah. the infamous schoolboy head shake coming off the mound. That's like, new. That's new. I, I don't know what that came from. That's new this year. I don't know where that from. Yeah, this guy's got it. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think guys figure out early in their career, like you get behind 2 0, 3 1 in the big leagues against really good hitters, like, Everybody can, click, everybody, everybody can hit a fastball two oh three one. You know, you get in those counts all the time. It gets really long. But those dudes, like when you find that confidence, you figure out like, hey, if I get strike one, I'm really successful. Joe Madden talked about it a lot um, when I was younger. He talked about like you get to the big leagues and you're just happy to be there. And then pretty quick, you start to think like, oh, shit, I need to stay here. And you have that moment of like, I got to do everything I can to stay here. And that panic and what sets in there. And then once you can get to the point that you know, you belong, that's when you start to see really good players and it's getting through those first two stages that is really, really challenging. But once you get that confidence of, I belong in the big leagues, I can do this. That's when you start getting dangerous. And it sounds like that's the point you're at. And that's like, that's the biggest part about, you know, sticking in this league. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some like truth to like faking it till you make it right. Like, Sometimes you got to act like you belong before you even believe it. Um, but I've talked to guys, you know, I've had this conversation with Shorty all the time. Like, you got to be confident. Even if you're in a slump, you got to be confident. Even if things aren't going your way, you can't. Because if you let it take you, to, you'll go to a dark place. And that's kind of where I was at in 21. You know, in Oakland, I'm like searching for anything. It's like I watched Sean Manaya throw the night before, and it's like a lefty that's throwing 92, 94. I'm like, hey, this is kind of – you know, I'm left-handed. I throw the same speed and he just punched out 13 and went CG. It's like, well, why can't I do that? You know, I'm thinking, well, why, why can't I do that? And um, I'm searching for anything. I'm like, all right, just throw the ball in the zone. And eventually, like, I kind of bought into that. Just throw it in the strike zone and stop trying to nibble. You know, you give you give good hitters, hitters counts and there's a lot of damage to be done in those counts, especially when you're too... Uh, what's the word too uh, stupid to stop throwing fastballs, you know, too like, you know, you're so bought in on, Oh, I have a great fastball. I have a great fastball. <laughs> These hitters got good bats and that's how you're going to get clips. <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, I liked what you said about not being too result driven. That's uh, Tom house always said that like process over result, like one of those, like you go out there and struggle and it's easier to just be upset, like, oh, I sucked today. Like, I just didn't have today. But it's like, okay, like, let me look back at my process, like, what I do to get prepared for today's start or today's outing, and like, what can I change so that this doesn't happen again? And that's yeah, the hardest no, I, thing sometimes. For sure. I mean, but because it's a results driven game, you know, mm -hmm. if you don't put the numbers up, like, it doesn't matter. Your process can be great, but if you don't put the numbers up, like, does it really matter? You mm -hmm. know, in terms of decisions, eyes, probably not. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like your day to day, it, it does definitely matter. You know, it does definitely matter. Your process matters. If I can, if I can live pitch by pitch 
you know, for a hundred pitches, it's, it's hard. It's easy to say, but it's hard to do because that's going on. Counts are going on. Situations happen. Um, you might've covered first twice. You're a little get, trying to get back on the mound, you know, and it's like so many things can happen to where you don't even, you're not even locked in for a couple pitches and you're like, wait, what, what, what did I just throw the last three pitches and why did I throw them? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, if you can lift pitch by pitch, you're going to be in a pretty good spot. Um, and I, that's probably the same as hitting too. You know, if you can dive in, you know, dial in for this at bat, not give any pitches away, not give any at bats, whether it be down 10, up 10, you know, pinch hit, whatever it is, that's when you're going to play your best. I'm going to go back to the beginning here when I was looking up uh, your info. It says you're from Arizona, but you went to Seattle yeah. University. How did uh, how did yeah. that come about to go all the way up to Washington? Yeah, it was my only Division One offer to play. Oh, okay. Um, so it kind of made it easy for me, you know, yeah. either there or go to a junior college. Um, so that was kind of uh, the only option there. You know, it's people are like, "Why'd you go to Seattle?" It's like I wasn't very good in high school. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel think, like it's probably a pretty cool more. place. Yeah, no, it was awesome. I had a great experience. Every time we go back, you know, it holds a special place in my heart. I I grew up there. You know, I, you know, you say you grew up in your hometown, but it's like, you no, know, I grew up from 2014 to 2018 in college um, being away from family and not being able to hop in a car you got to buy a flight and those are expensive around the holidays you know so um you know you grow up there and then I grew up there it holds a special place in my heart I love it there um but yeah one division one offer so that's kind of how I ended up there and it's not like I have a chip on my shoulder I wasn't I wouldn't have offered me if I was a college you know either if I'm <laughs> ASU like yo dude this guy throws 82 we have lefty down the street they're on 89 yeah let's give that guy you know an offer and see if he can pan out so are you an az offseason guy yeah yeah tough tough going to lakeland in spring after being an az that's not perfect (laughs) yeah you live in arizona no i'm in austin but uh i've been doing arizona springs since 15 oh. or 16 so it's the arizona spring is very nice shorty uh shorty's really sad he's gonna be out of lakeland that's he said damn it i can't believe i don't get to go back to lakeland next year yeah, hey, lakeland's welcome, a, it's a good like, place to get ready for a season though because that's all there is to do no distractions no you know you no know, our record doesn't show we're very good in april the last three four years but boy do we only play baseball there you know so it's <laughs> I heard I heard that Scotty Harris's pitch to all the free agents. He's like, you know what? It's the best place to get work in. <laughs> this is where you get ready. You know, I mean, our facilities is awesome. The city, whatever, but they do have our Augusta. You know, my Augusta's there. Uh, yeah. uh, Grasslands is a, is a good golf track to go out there and kind of get your mind off baseball. Uh, we always joke. We say it's our Augusta. They got the, you know – the turn at 16, 17, 18, that's hard, you know, whatever. And, but yeah, you know, I was drafted by the Diamondbacks in 17 and like, honestly, going back to school, I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to get drafted to an Arizona spring training team. Like that's half the teams are in Arizona. And then you get drafted by a Florida team and you're like, damn, now you got to leave Arizona. But, um, it is a good place to get ready for a season. I will say that, but the city itself, I mean, not the best. I was going to ask you about getting drafted by the Diamondbacks. That was when you were still out with Tommy John, correct? Like you weren't pitching. Yeah. Yet. Wait, you so were drafted. You were drafted twice. 2017. Do your research. No, your do, do your research, Zach. Do your research. Yeah, ah. your guys, man. Know your guys, bro. Where'd so you go was to it UPenn for college? You went to UPenn, shorty. Damn, man. Come on. <laughs> That's fucked no, up. But yeah, go on going what was it tough like so you were hurt at the time and you get drafted still is it tough to be like well i think it was 29th round by the diamondbacks and then it's like yeah 20s yeah is it tough to go back knowing like you're injured or is it were you kind of like ooh, like who knows what happens next year like do i take advantage of this while i can yeah so there was a lot that went into going back to school um part of it was financially i didn't think that i thought i would have gotten signed for a lot more the next Mm -hmm. year if i would have performed and so that kind of bit me in the butt um but uh my sophomore year when i got hurt our team was actually really i know everyone's going to say this in college like oh dude our team was so good we just didn't make a regional like no i wouldn't be saying my sophomore year team was like actually pretty good like 
for a mid-major, we had like nine or 10 guys drafted, not like high, but just to have 10 draft picks on one team, you know, a lot. Um, and it's not, they, were, they weren't all drafted in 17. They were drafted like in 17, 18 and 19, but like to have 10 professional prospects, like you're pretty good for a mid-major, you know? And uh, I thought my sophomore year, I got hurt like halfway into the season and we ended up winning the our conference regular season. And then we lost in the championship game. Um, and I, everyone kind of says this, but like, I, I thought that if I went back to school, my senior year, we could run it back, you know, and, and we still had a good team. We had that same group of seniors that I came in with. There was like seven or eight of us. And like, we were pretty tight and we had some young guys that were good. We had some juniors that, um, that I was able to watch for an entire season. And I'm like, Hey, these guys are going to be good for us. And I thought we could run it back in conference and we didn't ultimately, but like, that was also a big part of it was like, I think we can win. You know, my, my two roommates that were there that I was roommate with my junior year, they, we were all coming back again for our senior year. And I was like, and one of them was coming off Tommy John. So we basically got like two guys back that we didn't have, you know, Friday and Saturdays. And well, we, if I'm going Fridays and he's going Saturdays and I know Jake Perzino was another guy, he's going Sundays. Like we can beat anybody, you know, like legitimately we can beat anybody. And our, and our back, our bullpen was, another draft guy, Zach Wolf. I'm like, this guy throws 95 short guy throws 95 blows everybody up. I'm like, we can win, you know, if I just pitch well and he pitches well, but I mean, we had a good run at it, but uh, I didn't pitch as nearly as well as I thought I was going to. And that's part of coming back from Tommy John, you know, the whole mental physical, you think you're this, but you're really that, you know, and you won't accept it. But yeah, I thought we could win, but also some financial stuff kind of panned out that I kind of went back for. Yeah. All right, Scoobs, last one. The Tigs this year. What do you got? Yeah. You signed you sign Mark or you signed Maeda. You traded for Mark Hanna. Um, yeah. But you, hey, you lost, you lost a big chopper. You lost, you lost someone who loves the chop in the dugout. You love someone, you know. Miguel hey, Cabrera. Yeah, Miggy. You know, you <laughs> lost Miggy. Um, uh, I mean, hey, like, I, you know, I was just uh, at Joey. That hurt, bro. At, yeah. at uh i was just at joey's wedding you know seeing the boys um it's gonna be exciting to watch like you guys have to be excited you know obviously you know the last two years it was uh or in 21 and then last year it was felt like just a stretch or two where it just didn't go our way and you know there was a time last year we were what like a half game out or, uh, a yep. game out and we could just never close the gap and then we we would lose three or four or something like that you know, you got to be pretty excited. You know, AJ gets locked up long term, so you know he's there. Um, you guys have a basically the same core, then you add some veterans. Like, you know, it's got to be pretty exciting to going into, right? Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, I'm excited. Everyone's going to say their team. You know, I'm excited for right. this stuff ever. But like, you know, just as well as I do, it's like, you know, we're young, but we're also very talented. You know, if Riley Green doesn't get hurt, do we lose nine in a row? Like, is Riley right. going to win us? Nine? No, but we're probably not going to go on that skid that we went on. You know, he can kind of help get us out of it just by his bat. And it, I mean, Eduardo um, went down, was it the next day or the next trip or yeah, right before? Yeah. And we were just like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah, you lose those couple guys that are, you know, impactful. But, it, you know, when you get them all back, we played good baseball at the end of the year, too. Like we played pretty good baseball the last two months of the year. Um, and then we're winning games. The results were coming, you know, the W's were coming by. And, you add Riley back to that, you know, I'm coming, I'll, I'll be, you know, throwing. And then you add Casey, you know, Casey's basically right. like it's a creation Casey's arm, right? Right? Like he's coming back off an injury to where it's like, and, and I know he's worked his ass off and he's going to be really good for it. So it's like you add Casey, you give Manning another year, he comes back and hopefully he doesn't get hit in the foot again. Um, but uh, I think that was the show. Was that the, no, did, did we hit somebody or was that the no next? no well, Manning? You guys hit me. Yeah. Jan, Jan, <laughs> Jan got you. Yeah, I had that bruise was gnarly. that bruise was wild. Is that yeah, why you're best think. friends with Jan now, Zach? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Jan's a great guy. Yeah, <laughs> great fella. Yeah, um, he looked up. I mean, that hurt so bad, but I, I'm excited. Sure, like, everyone's gonna be excited. Casey too. Like I completely forgot. Like. I mean, he was throwing 96, 98 in his live BPs at the end of last year. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I was, you know, I was just talking to him, like, he feels great. Back feels great. Arm feels great. Like, and you know how he is mentally, like he's going to be possessed going into this year. Yeah. He, he's a bulldog, man. And when he gets the ball, you saw it all at 21. Like 
he's good. He's really good. And he can eat innings. He can get guys out in multitude of ways. So it's essentially like getting a free agent arm. You know, right. it's like you, you got one, that guy coming back. Um, but also just like our team in general, like we have a, you know, you know, we have a great vibe. You know, the, the vibe of the team this last year was awesome. Um, the chemistry is through the roof. And I, and I think it kind of brings the best out of every single guy. You know, Torque is coming off a third bomb season. And it's not wild to say he'll do that again. You know, it's, it's he, I feel like he hit all 30 in the second half of the season. Where Literally. it's like, yeah. Is he, this year, I don't know. He might, you know. So it's like, but it's just, you know, it's just about getting off to a good start, having a good April. You know, you give yourself a good April, you kind of buy some of those losing streaks to where, like, if you have a bad April, you're, like, grinding to get back to yeah. 500, you know, what we were doing this year. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, it's – the Mets got a good one, bro. You know how I feel about you. <laughs> uh, no, that I'm was the worst part, you know, leaving, leaving the boys, man. That vibe is – that's pretty special. It's a special group of humans in there. So, you know, obviously I will be keeping yeah. tabs with the boys and everything, but – for sure. That's a good, that's a special group, but Scoops, we appreciate you, brother. Thanks for the, the yeah. thanks for coming on. Thanks for the short, the short notice and everything. Um, we'll be in touch. Good luck in your fantasy matchup tonight too. It's huge. You know, it's, keep, keep Waddle out of it. We'll, we'll be, all good. be pulling for you. <laughs> I need him to come down with some stomach flu. I'm serious about that. Just like eat some, you know, he eats his pregame meal, right? Like maybe the rice wasn't left out a little too long or something, you know, and it got his gut. So just he'll be good by tomorrow. He'll be fine tomorrow. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Just a 12 hour stomach blood. He'll probably feel great from it too. You know, you kind of feel revamped yeah. when you get the water back in you. He'll have a great Tuesday, right? It's basically like a bye week for him. You know, get them, get him a bye week, get him to week 15. <laughs> oh, oh Scoops. All right, Scoob. Well, yeah, I appreciate, appreciate you. Thank you, Thanks, brother. man. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. That was Zach's boy, Scoobs, who's now our boy. Oh, Scoobs. Friend of the now, pod, I know. Now a friend of the pod. Can I just say, when he was talking, when he came on and he was like, you were like talking about his name and you're like, Scoobs, I wanted to say something, but I didn't get a chance to. It's like, that is an unbelievable nickname. Scoobs? Scoobs is Scoobs. legendary. Yeah. He, dude, he he's one of a kind, man. He is. He He's fucking nasty, bro. When he was coming back throwing, he was throw live EPs um, when he was getting ready to ramp up and go out to his um, rehab starts. Everybody was out there, and we were all sitting behind the turtle and stuff. And he would just stand back there, and he'd, like, after every pitch, every somebody would turn around and just be like, what the fuck, bro? Like, just 98 with, like, 19 inches of vert, just, like, throwing from down here. He's got a fuck you fastball, and – I mean, he's only going to get better. He truly Ian, is. Ian, he's pretty good, don't, don't you think? Didn't pretty you good. faced him? You faced pretty him good. last year? Didn't you face him? Pretty good. Hit a ball hard. It was cool to hear him talk about the, the mindset stuff and like how, like, it, it, like it's real. You got to, you got to find like what it takes for you to believe that you belong in this league and like you got to find those. The ability to go out, like being a starter, I've been talking to JMO, uh, Jamison Tyon about this a little bit. Like, it's not easy to be a starting pitcher in the no. big leagues. Like, that's why people are like, How did that guy get paid? About dudes that sign like these one year, 12 or 14, like, because it's really hard to make 30 starts in the big leagues every year. Like, it's really, really hard. And there's not that many guys that can do it. And it's, you have to find those things that work for you. And like, attacking the zone is one of those things. Like, the dudes that pitch a long time in the big leagues. They attack the zone. They make their starts. They attack the zone. They get after hitters, and they have that fuck you confidence. And to hear, like, those are the things that he's learning and thinking about was really cool because that is, like, that's the difference maker. So he he said when he was talking about the hitter that owns him, like, Tim Manners, it's like a laughing – it's like a joke. Like, every time that he leads off, it's a double or something. Like, hit hard, and you're just like he'll, – he'll, like, he turned around to me and laughed this year. He was just like, this is unbelievable. And but every time we were like joking, like, hey, you're gonna walk him? He's like, fuck no, like I'm going after him. Like, I gotta get him. And that's just like such a small glimpse into what like who he is. Like you when he's rolling and you can tell, it is such a treat to watch because he just goes after you. Which again, you know, he's 98 to 100. Like, yeah, obviously he's gonna go after you, but like he legitimately does not care who you are, who he's facing. And like Ian, like you said, like that mindset of like just doing it and having that conviction and 
we talked about it briefly, like in 21, he thought he was going down and then, you know, something switched and truly the last two years, it's just been like, Ooh, Scoobs is pitching. Like get ready boys. You know, like I'm going to get a front row seat to this one. If I'm not playing. Yeah. You talked him up the last couple weeks or like for a while now on how good you thought he was. He's good, man. And you never want injuries, but I feel like if anything, like he had TJ in college, and then the flexor surgery last year, like if anything that may have helped like his process in the big leagues of figuring out like, okay, what do I need to do each day between my every fifth day? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's the hardest part for starting pitchers. When you get to the big leagues, like you might have a routine in the minor leagues, but it's so different up there to where like, you got to, like he said, he would start working out the night of his start versus the next day, just to give his body that one extra day to recover before his next time out there yeah so sorry sometimes it's big to just watch baseball at the big league level Mm -hmm. you don't get a chance to like sit down and watch baseball at the big league level and like you end up learning a lot from doing they talk about this like with quarterbacks in the nfl like the guys who come and like get drafted right away and sit for two or three years they it seems like they're a step ahead when they get their chance to play it's like there's such a like interesting part about just watching how it happens and like you'll watch a game and you're just like man like you know I can get this guy or like I don't know it's just like you have confidence when you watch it because it looks a little bit easier than it is you make it you make yeah right you make it harder than it is yep and that's why veteran presence is such a big thing 100 in big league clubhouses is like he gets to watch how older guys who have five to ten years in the show like how do they prepare for their start yeah. and what can I take from that and yep. implement in my own program? Yep. That interview was brought to you by ERC. ERC. Omega Accounting Solutions has the employee retention credit for you. It's a government tax incentive that helps small businesses get back up to $26,000 per employee for overpayment of payroll taxes during the pandemic. If you were a business owner with five to 500 W-2 employees who continue to pay taxes and employ staff during the pandemic, you can recover thousands today. Omega is the number one best ERC company for getting your ERC funds by oh, Merchant Maverick said that about them smallbizcashback.com slash cubs that's smallbizcashback.com slash cubs or call 800-643-CUBS today is there any other baseball subjects we're running a little late we're running a little long is there any other baseball subjects you want to cover before we get into our wonderful saloon screen time do you think the market's going to move now we got so i think it's going to move we got otani signed is it now time for the offseason to really kick yes yeah i think the big chips will start to fall like i think snell yamamoto uh belly like all those guys i think it's going to start moving a lot quicker in the coming weeks tom can you remind me that next week i want to talk about if baseball should have a deadline for the free agency like for when the market closes you're saying yeah something i want to talk about let me see. That's a little teaser for all the fans. We'll talk. Maybe next week I, we'll talk about. I already have a thought. I almost already started the conversation. Don't start. Nope, don't nope, start. Nope. We're running late. We're running nope. late. But Tom's going to remind us. And then all the fans, if we don't talk about it next week, can say Tom forgot because I That's didn't right. forget. I like that. It would be Tom's fault. That's correct. Doesn't it look it like Tom has a red sock, red sock shirt on right now almost? Oh, yeah, Tom. Sloan is the world's leading manufacturer of commercial plumbing systems. The company's at the forefront of the green building movement and provide smart, sustainable, and hygienic restroom solutions. If you need commercial, industrial, institutional fixtures, if you need them, if you need some automatic flushers, if you need some automatic soap dispensers, faucets, you just let us know over at Sloan.com today. What do we got? What do we got? I have no idea what my screen time was, so I didn't think about it at all. Four hours and three minutes. For three, Ew. that might be good for last place. Mine was two seventeen. Yeah, what a day for the kid. Three twenty in the moment. Three twenty six for me. God, he's an hour behind. Tom, give us your clock. Three twenty eight. Let's go, Tom. Almost second place. What was your Sunday? Now nah, we're not talking about that. 
We don't we don't talk about if Sunday. this was Sunday, this would be hilarious. I just want everyone to know I was at 235 nope. on Sunday. 235. Nope. Because you don't watch really. football, you commie. Yeah, I you haven't, are. I haven't had a TV for three weeks. We went to Japan for two weeks, no TV, got back, no TV. We're Couldn't moving. be me. So why wouldn't you be on your Just phone? Just got hooked up today. Yeah, why aren't you on your phone more? He doesn't care about sports. It. Why would he be on? I don't need it. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just saying. I haven't had a TV for three weeks. I have not even turned one on for three weeks, and it's been refreshing. Oh, nice. Probably pretty nice, but I don't think I could ever do it. But uh, mm. good for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> couldn't be me. <laughs> Alrighty, Tom. Did we get your screen time? Yeah. Three twenty-eight. I'm two minutes behind you. Okay, but second place. Ian's not bad an hour me. behind. Ian's an nope. hour behind. Nope. We don't need to talk People about that. Forget. That's episode 187 of the Compound Podcast presented by Parse Rum. Go to Benny's. Go to your local liquor store. Stock up on Parse before the holidays. If you get it for a friend, say, hey, man, want some Parse? It's a great gift. Happy holidays. Here's Parse. See you next week.